Suck a dick, dumb shunk shit. Fuck, to suck a shot, dumb fuck. Fucking amateurs. <laughs> fuck, because I would hear everyone else and I would be up to suck a dick. I could also hear dumb shits from the other room. So I would say suck a shit, dumb dick. <laughs> <laughs> After three, let's all say it, okay? Yeah, okay. One, two, three. Welcome to Horse and Aloud. This is Jem DeSalas from the future again, setting you up for part two of our Zootopia episode. As you may have guessed, the other voices on this episode are still Paige Winkle and our housemate Sherlock. Next week, we'll be talking about Bojack again. Season two, episode one. Take it away, Sherlock from the past. So do you guys know anything about Zistopia? No. Can you spell that? It's like dystopia, but it's Zis. Dystopia, but with a Z. Yeah, but sometimes the Y is swapped for an I. Okay. One of the early versions of Zootopia was quite dark in that Nick was the protagonist. Judy was kind of like a Javert, like she was a cop who starts off kind of like the cop who's trying to take Nick down while he's just trying to do stuff. And she starts off super racist and things like that. And then turns down and becomes sympathetic and they become friends. Basically the early concept was that in Zootopia all the predators were made to wear electric collars. Like it read their pulse basically and if their pulse spiked it was meant to read if they were being violent or get angry and it, then it would shock them to stop them from doing that. But like sometimes... Fucked up. Yeah, obviously like you would have to be careful going for a run. Um, you would have to be careful if you had several medical conditions like there there were obvious holes in it that were like the whole problem of it as well aside from the fact that it's really fucked up to do that to people we don't know a whole lot about it like we know some of the scenes that would have happened in the movie there would have been a scene where Nick tried to fight off some tigers who were trying to attack Judy and his collar shocked him the entire time but he had to keep fighting and so he like nearly died from being shocked shocked repeatedly electrically and being attacked by tigers god damn yeah it was really messed up but judy manages to get him back to her house and she he wakes up in the um burrow so we got to see bunny burrow bunny but like the inside of judy's house and what that would have looked like and all her siblings oh was it a proper warren like do they live underground yeah um that's cool and it's really intense as far as we can see again and um nick was going to be doing and then judy takes off his collar because she has a police key that can take it off. Plot of the film was going to revolve around Nick having this carnival called Wild Times, I think, and... You actually see it in the final movie. It's when Nick is under the bridge and Judy goes to find him. There's a warehouse in the background, and that was the original like background for the um, Wild Times Carnival. That was the warehouse where it was going to be in. Anyway, the he was going to have this carnival place that he'd made with Finnick um, that was like, predators can take their collars off um because they got a police key or something and we can there's all these carnival rides and stuff you can do and just enjoy yourself and have a good time um and then you know you can put your collar back on and go outside and no one will be any the wiser but this will always be a, like a safe place you can come to and we can take it off for you for a bit um okay yeah and 
Finnick. There's like some early dubs and sketch, like little kind of anima- animatics like floating around. If you Google stuff up, it's really interesting to look into. Um, and there's one of Finnick because Finnick is they had the same personality and but was like super angry sometimes and Finnick would just like start yelling and Nick would be like careful you're gonna buzz yourself again and then Nick would uh, Finnick would like get electrocuted because he was angry about something so yeah it's like super intense and one person online has made it into a very very like well thought out well researched and really comprehensive online comic called Dystopia which is Dystopia with a Z and the Y is an I I haven't checked up on it lately but like they're probably still working on it i think and in their version it's set in like zootopia of the 70s so they're all like flared collars and shit it's great and um that sounds really cool they've come up with a cohesive plot from the scraps of what they found that they can find online and all the information and there's like a lot more stuff that's like adult material and um and like stuff about like how the universe works and um and interspecies relationships like judy has a brother-in-law i think who is called herbert and he is a hare and it's just like not talked about in the family like they just kind of act like he's a big rabbit but he's clearly a hare and everyone knows it but it's just like a taboo topic that one of the girls married a hare and there are all these like ocs that are really great the warren is crazy cool like there are all these tunnels that lead everywhere and there are all of these cd background characters some of them from early sketches from concept art and some of them i think just the person made them so it's a lot more like kind of underbelly feel and has like i think one of judy's sisters is kind of a punk rocker it's really cool from that like that's one of the big cornerstones of the zootopia fandom the writing's really good and consistent too and they draw and write the whole thing themselves it's really crazy and everyone should check it out yeah i'll see if i can put a link in the show notes studies say maybe (laughs) the kind of shot color stuff reminded me but like should we talk about muzzles oh yeah yeah there's, I think, a wolf or possibly a jackal or something who is being arrested, like, as we, like, see the establishing shot of the ZPD. He's saying, come on, he bared his teeth first, and he's wearing, like, presumably what is a police muzzle? Yeah. And if things like fox repellent and, like, fox tasers specifically exist, which does actually make sense, like, you wouldn't want to, like, you would want your tasers scaled for different body masses. You wouldn't want to just accidentally do a murder. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you don't want to, like, rhino taser a fox, but still. Yeah, the fact that muzzles still exist when they wouldn't have been invented for pets. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think it was actually in the synopsis we read, but part of Nick's character background is that he was joining the junior ranger scouts when he was a kid and he was really excited even though he was going to be the only predator in the group they basically like hazed him and kicked him like they not hazing because that implies they let you into the group afterwards but they like were basically just tricking him and they like put a muzzle on him and kicked him out and it was very traumatic for him yeah it gave him a whole lot of internalized issues yeah he he has like trauma flashbacks and stuff yeah muzzles are a legitimate trigger for nick that may be kind of like an echo of the whole shot collar thing that they were playing with yeah basically 
probably it was from what I can work out. Like I'm probably going to read that comic now. I wish that that had been a movie. Like I can see why they would have settled on this is too dark for kids. But... Oh yeah, it was way too dark for children. They basically got to the point where they were like, yeah, if we're going to be committed to this, this is not going to, we can't pitch this to Disney anymore. We got to do something else. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it got like so dark. It's also like when you think about it, Preds would have trouble having sex lives. So it's like a huge thing. Does anyone refer to Predators as Preds within the film or is that just a fandom term from when you were an active operative it's a fandom term i i think you see that on like signs and stuff like no preds and things like that it's yeah not used heavily in the film because that's i think too obviously a slur yeah i think it comes up in in the zystopia comic they kind of imply it's like a fetish prey who are in love with people who are predators. And we could do a whole episode on potential kinks in the universe of Zootopia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of... I mean, humans have predator-prey kinks and we're all the same species. Yeah. Huh. Oh my god. Like, like if you were a fox who was into rhinos, you would probably have a different name for that than if you were... Like, a cat who was into rhinos. Yeah. Like, there, w- there would be so many different, like, interlocking sets of- Imagine the handkerchief codes. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how many colours of bandana you would need. Jam, you should definitely read Zystopia. It's so fucking It does cool. sound really good. Yeah. Also, one of the, like, big- the One of the first big fix in the fandom was a- um, Kind of- Not as dark as Zystopia, but darker than the- um than the film because it had I think it had some murders yeah it had some murders in it um was about a and I can't remember the name of this fic but it was a Nick Judy fic um one of the first ones in the AO3 category and it was about interspecies relationships in Zootopia and how that would be handled and it framed the plot what driving plot of it was that there had been a young tiger, I think, or snow leopard or someone, I think, had been murdered, and she had been in a relationship with a female prey member, and, like, there was this whole, like, murder mystery kind of thing where Nick and Judy had to solve it while also dealing with their emotions. Um, and it's called A Mountain I'm Willing to Die On by Vera underscore Dragon Muse, uh, and it's on Archive of Our Own. I'm so glad we brought a Zootopia expert on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to talk about the 12 ecosystems, or 12 okay. districts. So the one we see, like, Tundra Town and Sahara Square and stuff like that, like, there are just these different engineered biodomes for different um, types of animal, because they all have different needs in terms of temperature and habitat and stuff, which is really good. Like, you don't see that in Arthur. And I did have a list of what all 12 are, but apparently I closed the tab, so now I have to find that page. Go. Oh, okay. What do um, you think of habitats? I liked the rainforest habitat, and I wonder if animals just, like, they'll spend summer in one habitat and then holiday in another habitat. Like, yeah. I wonder if that's a cultural thing that happens. I mean, I definitely would. 
Like, I, yeah. I have to say, as someone who lives in Melbourne but can't deal with heat, I would definitely enjoy it if there was just a suburb I could live in that was always pretty cold. Yeah. yeah. And then I could come into the CBD to do stuff still. Like, I could move somewhere that's colder, but that, then I wouldn't live in Melbourne anymore or is in Zootopia. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty um, neat. Like, they must be, like, we've talked about it being the same as our world, but in some areas, their science is obviously very much more progressive than ours. Yeah. I found the list of districts. It lists okay. Little Rodentia as a 13th one, but I'm not sure if that's correct. Like, I guess that's a district, but I don't think it counts as, like, a habitat, because it's not a different climate, it's just part of the city's centre. But yeah, some of these we see, and some of these are confirmed in supplementary materials, but were never mentioned in the film. So we've got Sahara Square, the Canyonlands, Tundra Town, the Polar Strait, Rainforest District, Downtown, Savannah Central the Meadowlands, the Canal District, the Marshlands, the Nocturnal District, and Outback Island. <laughs> and boy, fucky, would I like to see more of Outback Island. Yeah. I, I'm, like, really, I really hope that the sequel doesn't get trapped in pre-production hell or, you know, production hell and we never see it. I I think because the film did so fucking well, we will get it, but... And the Nocturnal District? That's a fucking amazing idea. Yeah, no, when people <laughs> were like, there's a fucking nocturnal district there were like tables being banged on by fists worldwide you could simulate the day night cycle so that the nocturnal animals would be awake at the same time as the diurnal animals in other districts mm. yeah so Maybe it wouldn't like done. fuck with export or anything you'd, and you'd still be able to work i mean it would suck if you needed to commute during the day but like like you could work via like conference call and stuff like it, and like imagine it like it would just be dark all the time and like maybe when you like get to the entrance of it you have to like bring or rent your own night vision goggles if your night vision's kind of shit this is another cool thing about nick you know how nick wears shades a lot in the film particularly when he's in sunny bright areas um well nick's a fox so he's got really good night vision and he's partially nocturnal so, like, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of fix go into things like them, like Nick having winter fur in the in mm. the winter months, or things like Nick mentioning offhand that he hates that he's got like low level photosensitivity, and that's why he prefers wearing sunglasses. Um, and uh, that like like it's oh, there's so many fucking cool details. I swear to God. Speaking of Outback Island, though, the whole thing about how I think that the news anchors, one of them is always that British snow leopard. Yeah. But the other changes depending on the country. So when we saw it, it was a koala with an Australian accent. Yeah. Hmm. But the one, I, the version I watched today was, it was a panda. Yeah, it is cool. Oh. It's different. And I think Canada was a moose. I think panda was um, in parts of Asia. One of the things I think that really makes me stick around in the Zootopia fandom is just how much dedication and work and thought people put into shit and also the fun puns. Um, like people, like because in in the movie and in a lot of the concept art and stuff, you see like puns on real things that are just made into an animal pun. So, yeah. like that people call Starbucks Snarlbucks. Yeah, that, that's one of the most Bojack Horsemany things about it. Like, yeah. 
the the just turning like the names of shops and things into just animal puns and people's surnames too like hops and oddeton like that's very yeah very similar the thing that gets me about naming conventions in the zootopia universe is that they also make sense because like okay surnames in western civilization evolved from like what jobs you had where you lived and physical features so it makes perfect sense for them to all have weird animal themed surnames like it's so cool bringing it back to bojack like when bojack was being played by another actor they made that actor a horse because his last name is horseman so yeah yeah I just wanted to add that because I think that's a really interesting detail. Another really fun trope in Zootopia Fanon is um, the racist grandpa. There was going to be this grandpa that was all like foxes are red because the devil made them. And it's implied that like they fought that there was a war against foxes. I thought that was a deleted scene even. Yeah. I think they're in the background when... Um, Judy's parents call her like ra- racist grandparents is like fuck this around because the devil made him yeah that's right in most of the fics I've read that Judy's parents are fine with Nick and uh, Judy just has one racist grandpa who's like not today son there's also a lot of things in <laughs> in fandom like um, there's a lot of fics tagged things like um, scenting like that evo- involve one of them accidentally or on purpose leaving scent marks on the other and then other characters thinking <laughs> that they're mates or that they're in a relationship because of the scent marks and some people play it up as like it's a huge societal thing and other people's other people are like oh it's a societal thing but you don't talk about it because it's kind of like pointing out that someone farted um or hickeys or something yeah or hickeys or something like that i wonder like if there are countries in Zootopia. Yeah, that'd be super interesting. Yeah, that's where Jack Savage, that was his name. The the bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up, it's relevant. Okay. I knew that was gonna happen. You're such a dickhead. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Jack Savage, aforementioned James Bond rabbit, um, comes from like an England allegory. I can't remember if that was gonna be in the movie, because I don't think the way it was discussed was that detailed, but like um in most fics he comes from England, like James Bond, and is, and they, I can't remember, but some people that come up with names for different countries, and they usually have zoo in them. Hmm. So is Zootopia the name of the country? Possibly. Or is it kind of like New York is in New York State? No, that's the unclear thing about it. On IMDb, it doesn't list the name as Zootopia. It lists it as, um, Zootropolis? In America and Australia, it was released as Zootopia in other places. I can't remember which one specifically. It was released as Zootropolis because there was already a zoo called Zootopia. Uh, so- it was that one in Denmark that I brought up when I read the Wikipedia article. Paige tried to shout me down, but I was just doing my job. <laughs> um, so I think in some fix they they act like Zootropolis is the UK. Um, mm. And... Yeah, but I think, though, when I think about it, like, Judy, when she's in the bunny burrows, says, I have to get back to Zootopia, and I'm going to go to Zootopia. So Zootopia is the city, and the city is enormous and is a huge state that has, like, all these different mini cities in it. So there could, there's probably other countries, like, maybe there is... Oh, I think that was something that was discussed by a fan or by the creators, um, 
someone was talking about how um, maybe Australia is just lizard land. Yeah. <laughs> but then we've got Outback Island. Yeah, but that might be like migrants or something yeah. happening going on there. Oh, so like the lizards overtook Australia. Maybe. All the mammals had to leave. I don't know. <laughs> that, that would I don't be think that the, the word person or people is used but neither is the word animal like they just talk they use mammal as their word for person like it's the missing mammals list yeah yeah which is cool because that's one one thing that i've been looking out for in bojack horseman is i don't think they ever or like they almost never use the word human or possibly even animal that's not something i'd considered when looking at bojack horseman so if there's like stigma and racism going on among the species and if it's problematic for an animal other than a bunny to call a bunny cute. Why isn't it presented as kind of fucked up that a fox is letting his kid dress up as an elephant because he wants to be an elephant when he grows up? Probably because it's the same thing as a kid dressing up as an Indian because he wants, like, an Indian, you And know? then going into a Native American restaurant and asking for Native American food. Yeah. Like, I feel like you, you would be justifiably kind of, like, reproachful if you were working the counter there. Yeah. But then there's also an aspect of if a Asian kid, okay, say say a Filipino kid dressed up as a Spanish bullfighter and is like, I want to be a bullfighter when I grow up, you wouldn't be like, you racist, you, because they got colonized by them. Uh, yeah, like elephants would be kind of in a position of power over smaller mammals. Yeah, smaller mammals and um and predators in that current day and age of where that scene is happening. So, like, probably think it would be kind of, like, tacky, maybe? One of the kids in the school play with Judy in the prologue was a cheetah dressed as a tiger. Yeah, I think there's an analogy you can make there between cheetahs dressed as tigers and um, um, Vietnamese kids getting mistaken for Chinese kids, you know. Hey, you're kind of like a tiger, right? You can be the tiger in the play. We've got a tiger costume. And I really honestly wonder how colonization works in the universe. Good point. I have a lot of questions about that, and I feel like maybe the dark questions hiding behind why there are domesticated animals has something to do with that. One of my favorite headcanons for a human race for Judy is that she's Filipino or is at least half Filipino because she has a huge family and Filipinos are Catholics and often have huge families. And I say this as a mixed race Filipina, so it's not just me being weird about the whole family. I, I was about to say, like, maybe you should tell the listeners. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, no, my mom's Filipina and she's one of eight siblings. And like Catholicism, Catholicism, being Catholic <laughs> is a huge thing in the Philippines. It's the, it's like one of the main, main religions. Of, so I like to headcanon that. When Fennec is dressed as like the elephant, then Nick is saying like, oh, my son just really wants to be an elephant when he grows up. And it got me thinking about whether species dysphoria is like a legit thing in Zootopia. Like, can you get like surgeries? To look more like a kind of animal that you identify with than the one you were born as? I think that would be a thing, but it might also be a thing that's like like transracial stuff in real life. Yeah. Not, that's yeah. uncomfortable. Transracial stuff that's in real life. Thing. But so I don't I feel like that might not be a thing. You probably wouldn't have characters in Zootopia being furries so much, because everyone already is an anthropomorphic mammal. Yeah. But do you think that there's like a much bigger scaly community? I feel like there is. I want that. I want there to be. I just really like the idea of like a bear who dresses up as a big like bearified lizard. <laughs> oh my god, creepy porch guy's going out. 
Don't bring creepy porch guy onto this podcast. <sighs> but he's in our What if he listens? He doesn't listen I'm, to our podcast. I'm moving on. So Nick tries to join the Junior Ranger Scouts. Mm. So that exists. But there's a bit where they go into like the um, the lobby of the nudist colony, which I think we should talk about next. But um, and that llama or whatever he's meant to be is like, oh, sorry, we don't want any bunny scout cookies. Are bunny scouts a thing? And if so, like, is there one for like like are there just a bunch of different? Or was that guy just really high, and forgot what things were? I feel like bunny scouts are probably a thing, like Girl Scouts mm. are. Like, there probably is a certain amount of sectioned stuff, like... But are there also Girl Scouts? Like, is there a girl's version of the Junior Rangers? And are boys allowed to be bunny scouts? The thing, in Zootopia Universe, there's a lot of questions about gender inequality, because the only real big thing of gender inequality you see is... Um, the fact that there is gendering, I guess, and the fact that most of the police officers are male. Um, so it's kind of implied that it's not as big a deal. It would get overshadowed by so much of the other stuff going like, on. Yeah, like size would be a big thing. Like you, if like two kids were having a fight and one of them's a buffalo kid and the other one's a gerbil kid, you're not going to be focusing on the fact that it's a... Like, that could very easily be a female ger- buffalo kid beating up a male gerbil kid. I have a maths question. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's a bit where Bellwether says, this city is 90% prey, but then in the same breath says that prey outnumber predators 10 to 1. Those aren't the same thing, right? Yeah, that's not the same thing. Isn't 10 to 1 expressed as 1 over 10, which would make it right? I don't know what that means, but if you say it's right, I'll believe you. Like a fra- like at the fraction one over ten. Like if I think of we outnumber them ten to one, I think that for every ten of us, there's one of them. Oh yeah, more like a ratio. Yeah, that's a good point. So like they should outnumber them nine to one if it's ninety percent. I mean, either way, it's probably just her fudging the numbers. I'm not particularly annoyed about it if it's an inconsist if it's an inconsistency. I just want to know if it is because <laughs> I'm really bad at maths. Listeners, email in if you know. <laughs> <laughs> The honey badger that that J.K. Simmons the lion talks to in the medical facility was going to be a really fucking cool character that comes up in this story. Yeah, Uh, she was going to be called Honey, and she was going to basically be one of Nick's gang of sort of freedom fighters, I guess, and like super into chemicals and explosives (laughs) and guns. It was going to be so cool. Do you think in Zootopia badgers count as predators? Yeah, they would. They're the ones that eat snakes, yeah? They pretty much just eat bugs. Like, I looked it up. They, sometimes they'll steal eggs, but they mostly eat earthworms and bugs. But they are really, really aggressive. They would count as predators. Otterson counts as a predator. I guess, but otters eat, like, fish and stuff. Basically, all herbivores will also, like, graze on bugs and stuff, and, like, deers will nibble at carrion corpses and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think that the lines are blurry enough that... I wasn't sure whether the badger would count as a predator or a prey. Like it's 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 a pretty wobbly distinction even in zoology. But I know specifically badgers are counted as predators by the Zootopia crew because she was in Nick's red gang. Okay, cool. There's a bit where Mrs. Otterton hugs Judy and says like refers to her as little bunny, but Judy is like quite a bit bigger than her. I think that's just yeah. again an ingrained social thing. Like, sometimes people are a bit racist to me, but they mean well, and they're being sweet about it. 
So I'm just like, it's fine. That's not right, but that's fine. Speaking of her, I really liked the way she like moved to hug people. I don't know why, but I felt it really like just fluidity of it. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about the nudist place? <laughs> yes. Because like, so lots of things with animals in them just leave out the junk. Mm. And that's fine. I get why they do that. But the fact that Zootopia lent into it so hard and had a scene <laughs> where the reactions rely on the fact that in universe there's definitely junk there because <laughs> the, she's like looking away from like an elephant spreading her legs at her and stuff i know and, like she and nick are both like really distracted by that and to varying degrees but it's just like a smooth surface with nothing yeah like there's no no butt no there's genitals nothing. just nothing <laughs> i also love that they probably could have gotten away with having a few butts in that scene but they didn't it's all smooth surfaces because they were just leaning against that wall i love that scene so much yeah like, they didn't need to have a nudist bit yeah or they could have done it the way where you just have objects obscuring where the junk would be but instead, mm. they chose to give us, like, full frontal footage of a bunch <laughs> of animal crotches that are just smooth and unblemished. <laughs> and I thought that was a really interesting choice. I think it also, might, like, really opens your mind as to how weird that would look in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can use your imagination, which is probably ten times better than anything they could, like, try to do on the screen to cover it up. By leaving nothing to the imagination, they left everything to the imagination. <laughs> okay, I basically just have, like, a whole bunch of really little, like, background or character design things that I'm just going to blaze through yeah. that I wanted to mention. There's a porcupine crossing the street, and she just has, like, her spines, her quills sticking out of the back of her polo top, and I felt really sorry for her because it must be really hard to change her shirt. The fact that Zootopia still has astronauts, and I want to see what their space program looks like, and there must be some animals that are better suited to being astronauts than others for a bunch of reasons. Yeah. Were dogs still the first? Yeah, that's super interesting. In our world, there are, like, height limits mm. on who can go to space as well. You need really specific physical kind of characteristics to be an astronaut. But why don't they just, like, oh, no, that shrews might be, like, too small. Yeah, but weight is really important. Yeah. It costs so much money to spend ships up into space, so if they had to make it tinier, they could save so much money. Just have a yeah. tiny spaceship that's just... Because that's basically like the little probes that we send out now. You could just have that crewed by rodents, and that would be really... That would be feasible. And you could send them to a planet first, and they could start terraforming or whatever. Get it ready for the biggins. Oh, I hope their second movie... They go to space. <laughs> it probably won't, unless that's, like, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I want them but to... I would like that. I want to see the other um, environments. I want to just know more about the universe. I want to have the bird and reptiles questions answered, and I want to see what they choose to do with Judy and Nick's relationship. So many questions. Like, that's why I'm, like, so looking forward to a sequel, because, like, even, like, some things I really enjoy, I'm like, I never want to see a sequel of that. Yeah. Is there a sequel in the works? Yeah, it's been confirmed. For a, mm. I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed for a sequel, um, and, like, it won an Oscar and made a ton of money, so Disney will definitely want them to make it. It's just a question of how long that's going to be in the running, like, probably years, because, like, when you think about how much, how successful, um, like, as a product... 
Frozen was and how much money that made Disney and how eager they would be to get on that and get more money out of that horse. And that is still coming because it takes them, it takes a long time to make animated movies of that quality. So, oh, yeah. Mm. The armadillo landlady, Judy's landlady, is wearing clothes that fit under her shell. And I want to know how that works. The end. We see beavers who are doing the wet cement and like slapping it with their tails, which was a really Bojack feeling joke. Like that, that's like, yeah, the, the whole like different animals having professions that make sense kind of as jokes. Yeah. Like the way mm. people like clipping hedges like, in Bojack Horseman will be like sheep and they'll just like take a nibble or the fact that we had that oxpecker. The beaver um, chewing wood for the Brock Opera set. I also liked that Judy has a womanly figure, I guess you could call it. But not titties. But she doesn't have titties. Like, a lot of people, like, she has titties, but it kind of is just the rise of her rabbit chest. Like, it's definitely structured to look like she's recognizably gendered to people, but... But not in a creepy way. Yeah, it's really not as bad, not so bad. And also, I think a lot of it is the effect of her vest, her bullet vest. And it makes sense for her to have hips because that's how rabbit's legs are kind of shaped. They're just... I really liked Gideon Gray's story arc. Oh, yeah. Like, not that we see the whole arc, but the fact that later in life he meets Judy and, like, apologizes for being such a jerk when he was a kid. Yeah, that's something you just never see, do you? Yeah. It's really cool. Sometimes bullies grow up and feel bad about it yeah i which is something that does happen in real life i think that is truth in television I, yeah most kids don't know that i think and it's i think it's also encouraging to bullies to be like hey maybe in the future you want to make it up to this person they will forgive you and they won't just scream at you like i think that's also cool it also showed that gideon not playing up like gideon playing up to the racist stereotype that had been clearly foisted on him from a young age um went badly for him but Gideon just embracing something he liked doing making pies which he was clearly really good at and loved doing something that did endear him to the community and he didn't have to play up to that racist stereotype and be what they were telling him that they were and I liked that Judy's family were like yeah we we were wrong about foxes we should have we shouldn't have jumped to these conclusions just on him was there any like deleted scene where he got turned evil like not evil but he got he got hit with the the flowers and did anything no but i know Why? okay no. i just when i was watching the movie i was expecting this scene on the farm where like he accidentally like tries to attack her again and that's when she realizes that it's fake but that must just be something i've made up in my brain yeah maybe yeah all right there's um yeah but it is interesting that um, that Gideon is also like, God, I can't fucking, I can't remember what I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Oh, uh, I there's... remember. Okay, is it good? Do it. Okay. Lay it on me. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> um, Judy at the start is fending off a sheep from a fox, and at the end she's fending off a fox friend from a sheep. Huh. In yeah. the two fights. That's a really Huh, that's a really, that is good. (laughs) I'm glad you remembered that. Yep. (laughs) So Doug the Ram, who is making the serum on the train car, there's a bunch of Breaking Bad references in that, like, (laughs) apart from the fact that there's just a drug lab on a, like, vehicle. Two of the other sheep are named Jesse and Walter, like, but with a double O. (laughs) (laughs) 
And also, no one in Zootopia wears shoes, as far as I can see. Mm. But it made me wonder about, and like in a lot of ways, that makes sense because I don't know there are a bunch of in out of in and out of universe reasons why that's easier and makes more sense. But it made me wonder if there are shoes for some special activities because sometimes you would need more protection than a foot pad or a hoof provides. I I remembered because I was like, Doug should really be wearing special shoes if he's working with chemicals. Yeah, I think also <laughs> like you know going to the snow and stuff like that. But when Nick and Judy go to to tundra town they don't they're not like got gotta change rabbits and foxes both like are endemic to areas that do have snow sometimes yeah so that would be fine they can obviously handle it if they have to yeah uh the train that nearly crashes into them has a rhino horn on it its design is kind of it makes it look like it's a bit of a rhino face but it's really heavily stylized and i really liked that yeah cool flash's license plate at the end is fst nml Fast animal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't adorable. work out what the last word was meant to be. Someone said a um a sloth being a speed racer also makes sense because to him it would be like an extreme well, the only drug ways trip. He can move fast. Yeah. It's also possible that he doesn't know how fast he's going, but he seems to know with his Nick at the end. <laughs> I wonder what a sloth's perception of time is actually like. Because obviously they move really slowly, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're absorbing information slowly. No, no, they do absorb information slowly. Remember, um, you see his reaction to the joke in slow time. Oh no, I I meant in real life, like actual sloths. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I wonder if there are any studies on that. Like they've done studies with birds and found that they're like like they have really fast eyes and brains yeah like if you show a bird a movie it will just see a series of pictures like it won't even perceive it as a moving image it'll just seem like a slideshow and that's why when you're driving there are so many near misses with birds because to them they know they have plenty of time Mm. because birds just live in bullet time i guess gives me a heart attack every time well birds are ezra miller who would have guessed it (laughs) and the last thing I wanted to say is just all like the that scene at the end where it's a gazelle concert and everyone's dancing, like all of the little bits that we see are adorable. Like oh, we've yeah. got we've got like one of the polar bears just stoically holding a little platform with Mr. Big and his daughter on it mm. as they dance. <laughs> we've got Clawhauser and Bogo dancing together. Oh yeah, that's another pairing that's quite popular yeah yeah because they were like bonding over having the app or like presumably bonded later because there's this app where you can like put your face on like a dancing body and then like gazelle tells you what a good dancer you are yeah and Clawhauser yeah. is using it and then in another scene he like walks in on bogo using it and he's super embarrassed and it's the cutest thing yeah that scene where he walks in and i'm also gives one of the greatest jokes in the movie because one of the things app gazelle is programmed to say is wow i'm impressed and when um, he tells, when uh, Clawhauser tells Bogo that Nick and Judy have, cu- have cracked the case, Bo- Cl- Bogo is just like completely like shocked face, and you just hear off screen from the app Gazelle's voice saying, Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> it is my favorite joke in the movie, honestly. <laughs> we also see Judy's parents dancing together mm. and some sloths dancing in very slow motion. Mm, and yeah. Judy and Nick and. Nick isn't really dancing, and Judy like gives him a little like punch, and he starts dancing like a dork. Yeah, like someone described it on Tumblr, like a white dad at a barbecue. It was great. <laughs> 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 and also, you see um, the guys in prison 
people having a good to terrible time. Yeah. Well, if no one else has anything to say, I guess we should wrap up there. You can like us on Facebook at Horse and Aloud, H-O-R-S-I-N apostrophe A-L-O-U-D. Or you can follow us on Tumblr at horseandaloud.tumblr.com. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at horseandaloudpod. If you would like to hear more from Sherlock, you can just come over to me and Paige's house and if she's home, maybe she'll talk to you. I'm Jem DeSalis. I'm Paige Winkle. And I'm Sherlock, who lives in their house. And until next time... Suck a dick, dumb shit.